This is episode 190 of the Beyond the Food show. And today it's chapter four of She's Beyond the Food. And today we're talking about weight gain, how I have gained weight and what I'm doing. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food. It's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters. Stephanie here. I'm so anxious about this episode. Not anxious in a bad way, but anxious to see how it's going to impact you. So I want to bring you into the actual reality of recording this episode. Today is Wednesday, May 29th. So it's about 24 hours before this episode will come out. It is 9.15 a.m. I spent the last 90 minutes writing all the notes for this episode, and it was a burst of inspiration. So we are currently in the midst of the Beyond the Food Body Acceptance Challenge. It's a five-day challenge. It's totally free, and I help women move through the different step of body acceptance, and I hope most of you are part of our challenge. So as I'm recording this, we've just released day three, and the first two days, I've been filtering through questions and comments, and 90% of the question, the comments, the vulnerable stories that women are sharing are about weight gain. And answering their concern, your concern, in a text format on social media is injustice, pure injustice, because I can't share it all. So I thought, let's change the focus of the podcast for this week, and let's make it about weight gain. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about my journey through weight gain, and how I have gained weight, and also how my perspective on weight gain has shifted, and how my perspective on my body has shifted. But most important, what I have learned from gaining weight, and how you can take those nine things, and and I had to pick, because this podcast could have been 10 hours long, nine lessons that I've learned, and how it can help you move through your journey of gaining weight if you're in it, or the fear of gaining weight. And the reason why this is so prevalent is as women began to understand diet culture, move through intuitive eating, it's like we hit a wall. And the wall is the fear of gaining weight or the process of gaining weight after our latest diet. And We can't fully embrace intuitive eating until we've accepted our body. And this is why we're doing the body acceptance challenge to the masses for free to help women unlock the last step to become intuitive eater. Because the truth is, we cannot be intuitive eater 
while shaming, hating, disliking our body and wishing that it would be any other way. It's just, it's not possible to be. And that's deeply research topic. It has to do with psychology and neuroscience and emotional health and mental health. I'm not going to get into this today, but it just can't be. So women are like hitting that wall, like, what am I doing? And that's what I want to tackle today is this link between intuitive eating, your freedom from dieting and body acceptance. And for many people that comes through the process of gaining weight. We also have a short little program called the body acceptance program that we are opening today. So if you're listening to this, it's now May 30th. And this is not going to be something we're going to do as frequently as the intuitive eating project. It's going to be just focus on the topic of body acceptance. It's a five week program body acceptance project. And then we walk through the five steps that you need to take to accept your body. Some of it are going to be part of what I'm talking to you, but the context of this program is that we get you to do it, right? You actually move through the motion of doing those things. So you can fast track through the process of accepting your body. So you ready to do this, girls? So yes, I have gained weight. If I had a sound editor at this point, I would like put a big drum roll. So yeah, I've gained weight. And I'm sure some of you listening would like me to say, I'm freaking out about it. And I'm totally panicking and I'm afraid. And here's what I'm doing to control my weight gain. And I know some of you would like to hear that, but that's not what my topic or how I'm approaching it at this point. Here's my statement. I've gained weight. I'm okay with it. I I know based on where you are in your journey, some of you are like totally freaking out and I totally get it. Let me just be clear here. Just four years ago, when I was gaining weight, I was freaking out. The anxiety was so present that it would literally make me sick. My relationship to food four years ago was very simple. It was... Well, no, not true. Five years before that, and since the age of 12 to about 37, my relationship to food was very simple, is will it make me thin? I was fully in diet culture mode from the age of 12 to 37, 25 plus year. And I didn't even know that such a thing as diet culture existed because that's how everything around me functioned right? It was functioning from the premise that we needed to be thin. If we were thin, we needed to maintain that thinness. And if we weren't thin, we needed to chase that thinness. And that's just how my life unfolded. And I know that's the case for the vast majority of women today in 2019. Now, my prediction is that's going to dramatically change over the next four years. But for now, in 2019, this is what it is. So for those of you that may be listening later or that have no clue what I'm talking about, what is diet culture? Diet culture doesn't just mean being on a diet. Diet culture is a complete system of belief that worship tinness and equate health and tinness to moral virtue, to worthiness, to self-esteem. 
Diet culture promotes weight loss as a mean of attaining a higher status, this moral virtue, and in the process to achieve that, demonize certain way of eating while elevating others, currently keto and suppressing anything else. And finally, diet culture oppress people who don't match up to the diet culture expectation. Now, this is a a definition adapted from Christy Harrison, so I want to give her the credit for that. And that's what I was living through, right? I felt oppressed from the age of 12 to 37 because I wasn't matching the standard white, tin, blonde, blue-eyes women that I was seeing in all the marketing. So that was my pursuit from 12 to 37. Will this food that I'm eating because that's what I was being taught will make me tin. And then at 37, it became, will food fix me? So I kind of clued in at 37 after 25 years of dieting that diet didn't work. So then I became obsessed with fixing myself with food, with workout and with supplement so that I can achieve thinness. My pursuit of thinness still existed, but I realized that the typical diet didn't work. So I found another way of fixing myself. And that's what we're seeing today. That's actually called wellness diet. It's a reinvented, updated form of diet culture. We see that a lot in kind of health coaching field, in the field of functional medicine and even holistic health. And women are getting to that place that diet don't work, but they're not giving up the desire, sorry, of being thin. They're not accepting their body. So call it halfway through the process is done, but they're not fully out of diet culture. And we see that in something that's called vegan intuitive, keto intuitive. And I know the keto group of people in my audience is bigger. So you will kind of connect more to the word keto intuitive. So people that participate or partake in this belief that they can be intuitive eating and keto are where I was at 37, halfway through the process, but still believing that something needs to be fixed about their body. And that's where I was. Though I knew that calorie counting, that overexercising wasn't working, I was still terrified at the idea of gaining weight. Like, terrified. Like, it was part of my survival mechanism. I needed to be tend to have the chance of finding a partner. I needed to be tend to be the health expert I was. I needed to be tend to be accepted and not judged by my friends and family. I needed to be tend to be able to not be looked at as an oddball in society and not have the stranger pick at my body. I needed to be tend to dress myself properly. I needed to be tend to walk around with, in my case, a man in the street so he wouldn't be ashamed of being with me in public. I needed to be tend to have a full sex life. I needed to be tend, fill the blank for you. Right? So if you're there, just put your own story. And this is why it feels so terrifying. That's why it feels so scary. 
Weight gain threatened everything that made me feel safe. So sister, I get it. Not to brag that I am not there anymore. That's a process that I teach now. Like that's what I learn from gaining weight. And that's what I pass on to my student and my client. But I get it. And that's, I believe, what makes me so effective at my work and so different from any other nutritionist or functional medicine practitioner out there is that I have been there. But I am no longer being held by the fear of weight gain. Why is that? This is where your question that I've seen so far in the Body Acceptance Challenge, I'm going to answer now, okay? Why am I no longer afraid? Because I hit rock bottom. And honestly, that's what I'm trying to prevent with people out there. And that's why I want to put my work out there and my program out there so you don't have to hit rock bottom. I hit rock bottom when I was totally out of control of my eating behavior. I was binging. I was like fully on emotional eating, overeating. The only thing I haven't got to was purging, but I did nearly everything else. I was trying to control what was uncontrollable and I kept getting sicker and more out of control. My adrenal were complete mess. I was depressed. My body was my enemy and it needed to be tame. It needed to be controlled and I needed to work hard because I was so broken. And that turned into full-fledged depression. I spent weeks curled on the couch watching The Little House on the Prairie. So I had to hit rock bottom. The thing is, you don't have to, but I had to hit it. And God sent the teacher, the universe, whatever you believe into, God, universe, fill the blank, sent me the teacher that I needed when I was at the rock bottom. And that teacher was a global movement that's called Health at Every Size. Health at Every Size first showed up in my life around the age of 36, and I absolutely refused it. Two times, as a matter of fact. And funny, because I see this today, right? I will do a podcast interview. I will do some type of introduction talk or broadcast into a new audience, And then I will have those women who will negatively comment on my work and or they come to see me in my social media and then they'll unfollow me as soon as I post a picture of my full body. Or they come to my community, they subscribe, and then they unsubscribe as soon as I talk about body acceptance because they're not there yet and I wasn't. So health at every size had to come back three times before I actually look at it because I had so much invested of me as a person, personally and professionally, into being weight-centric in my life that this completely different approach was too threatening to my core belief. So I rejected it. Now, for those who don't know what health at every size is, Little brief introduction, health at every size is an alternative to the current cultural movement of weight centricity. It's an approach to health care that has been shown to be more effective long term. Health at every size is weight neutral 
and it promotes the pursuit of healthful behavior for the inherent health benefit of this behavior, not for weight manipulation. So we chase health instead of chasing weight loss because we recognize that as we stand today in May of 2019, there is no proven research way of controlling the human body weight long term. There is no external manipulation that can prove, that has proven to be effective. So health at every size promote the pursuit of health. And the outcome isn't about weight loss. Now, weight loss could happen, can happen, does happen, but it cannot be a promise and cannot be the intention of it. So health at every size, in the show note, I'll put the link to a free introduction document to health at every size. So you are welcome to go and download it. So health at every size came back and I embraced it. And I had to sit down with myself and truly admit that to heal myself, I needed to come to term with this whole body image perception of my body situation. I needed to accept my body beyond my weight. And I needed to detangle how I felt, how my worth, how my self-esteem was from my physical body, my weight, my body image, and how I looked in society. I needed to like break that and find my worth somewhere else. The other thing that happened when I discovered health at every size, and this is another big one for all of you that are struggling, is realizing that I wasn't alone. The fact is 95% of the diet don't work, so there's billions of women out there who are living through the same thing. And common humanity is a centric factor to compassion. So I've studied the work of Kristen Neff, which is a world authority on compassion, and I realized that the reason why I felt so good connecting with other women that are going through the same thing is because it brought compassion. That I wasn't alone to be distressed. I wasn't alone gaining weight. I wasn't alone being discom- in a state of discomfort. And that brought peace to me. So find your community. Find people who don't buy into diet culture, weight-centric approach, find your peeps and realize that you're not broken. I had to realize that I wasn't broken. I was actually normal. And that was a big piece. The next piece is going to be offending to some people. So I want to give you a trigger warning. I realized that chasing weight, extreme control on food or exercise wasn't courageous. I was actually a coward. I know. My entire life had been expressing being a strong woman. I'd been working since the age of 13, babysitting, then I moved into the restaurant industry, always taking role of leadership, supervising, managing. Then I moved into the corporate world and broke all the glass ceilings. Since the age of 14, I had earned my own money, made it a mission to never depend on the male counterpart or on anyone else for my survival. 
And that was a mission of mine. That was something that I truly believe into, hence why throughout my career, I was the first woman to have a position, first woman to achieve that, like first at everything. But when it came to my body, I was fully controlled by society. I was fully controlled by something else. I was fully controlled by diet culture. But not only how I should look, but how I should feel about myself. And I never realized that. I never realized that I was bending down to the rule that society had decided that I should be. I had realized that in all the other aspects of my life, society wanted me to get married and have children. And I chose not to. Society did not want me to rock the fetter in the corporate world. And I did. Yet with my weight and my body, I was totally bought into. And that, to me, was like a holy moment. Then I decided, hmm, to not be dictated of how my body should look like and how I should feel about my body. So that was a big moment. So for those that are offended by this, know that it's because you have something to learn from this statement. The next piece that I had to do to really accept my body and my weight gain was to fully embrace the fact that diet don't work. And for me, being a professional and being a very scientific person, I had to do the research. I had to prove through science that diet didn't work. And guess what? When I started digging, it was very easy to find. Because it was actually harder to find sustainable evidence and peer review study that showed that diet worked. And yet, I felt that I was broken. And then it shifted in me. Diet don't work. And I'm taking the blame for it. Like, imagine that, I don't know. And I'll give that to the example of clothing, right? Because that's another big question we get is how do I deal with the fact that my clothes don't fit? Well, my answer today is go buy new clothes. Like, there's just clothes. They mean nothing. But the problem is that we wrap our weight and we wrap clothing as our self-worth. So if you're struggling with the fact that your clothes don't work or don't fit anymore, and you're really upset about this, and you're like resisting buying new clothes, it's simply because your self-worth, just like I was, is wrapped into your clothing. Just get rid of it. Move on and buy a new one. Like, if your shoes didn't fit tomorrow morning, what would you do? Would you be ashamed that the fact that your shoes don't fit no more? Or would you say, oh, interesting in this, doesn't fit anymore. I won't wear it and I'll go buy a new pair, right? So I had to realize that, yeah, diet don't work. It's actually proven and there's no way to manipulate body weight and that my worth is not wrapped around it. So it's just another part, another process of my life. And I'm going to start looking for another solution. The other piece that is big is shifting my relationship to my body. I moved from my body being my enemy to my friend. Now, this is going to be, again, a trigger for some. So I'm warning you. In the model of wellness diet, right, in where we use food and detox and supplement to, quote, become healthier so we release unhealthy weight, 
right? We believe that by doing all of those manipulation with food supplement and detoxes that we love our body. We don't. Because we're only doing that to release the weight, to shape our body differently, to have a better skin tone, to whatever the two is at the end of it. So I had to shift to really becoming friend and the best friend of my body. And it's how? By listening to my body. So my body wanted to gain weight. When I released the food rule and the control, my body started to gain weight. I had to respect that. I had to embrace that instead of trying to say to my body, "Uh uh-uh, you're wrong. Shame on you for trying to gain weight. I'm going to take control because you don't know what you're doing. My body knew what it was doing. And then I had to be supportive, just like I would of my best friend that was going through something difficult. I wouldn't beat her up behind the head to say, oh, no, you're doing something wrong. I would be right beside her being understanding. Now, there's a whole theory as to why we gain weight and why our body is equipped to know what is the best weight. That's called the set point theory, upcoming podcast. For now, know that it's, again, it's proven, it's scientific. So I had to shift to become the best friend of my body. Here's another one. I had to really look at control in my life. Control over food, control over exercise so that I can manipulate my body, but control on everything else. Because when we control food for 20 plus years or 10 years or however long it is for you, we start exerting control on everything else in our life. And letting go of control is a really difficult step. So we want to control our emotion, We want to control the way we feel. So that's when emotional eating comes in. That's when binging comes in. That's when all other form of addiction come in because we are not willing to just be out of control and just sit with this out of control feeling. And control showed up in every part of my life. I realized that the reason why I was so successful with my career was because I was a control freak. And that control freak came from 12 years old, starting to diet and being rewarded for having lost weight between the age of 12 and 14 by everyone around me. And I'm like, hmm, when I control food, when I control everything in my life, people tell me how good I am. Let's try to do that throughout my whole life. And it worked until my body said, F you. (laughs) Doesn't work anymore. I'm done. And I collapsed, right? That's what I call literally hitting rock bottom. So I had to let go of control. The other piece is, and this is a philosophical learning, this too shall pass. And I know this statement is very strong in the spiritual world. And I'm sure if I was going to ask someone in the religious world, there's a version of that too. So I don't know every religion, but I'll say just the statement, this too shall pass, meaning that it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be freaked out. And the fear will stop if I let it pass through. Neuroscience teaches us the anatomy of an emotion, which I teach in all my program, and it's a scientific fact. Emotion come in, it's a burst of energy. If we let it express itself, 
We feel the sensation in our body. We sit with it. It goes. But the moment we start fighting it by taking control, by numbing our emotion, then we resist it. It comes back and it keeps coming back until we let it be. So I kept fighting my weight my whole life and I realized I needed to let it be. So if my body believed that I needed to gain weight, then it is. What will happen in the future? I don't know because I'm still working on that relationship to my body. One other one. I think I've got a couple more. I had to befriend feeling discomfort. That's a big question. I feel uncomfortable in my body. What should I do? Well, the good news is, and this is what I learned, feeling is only a result of our thinking. Any form of feeling, sensation, emotion is the outcome of our thinking and the outcome of our core belief, past experience, value, assumption that we make about life. The glasses we put on every morning creates a thought that creates an emotion. So I only felt uncomfortable in my body because I was fat phobic, because I was holding on to diet culture view about how my body should be. And as, as I release them, then the feeling of uncomfortability washed away. Because I realized that if I let go of the thought of the perspective of the belief, the thinking wouldn't happen anymore. I wouldn't shame myself and I was able to let it go. The next one is, what is the impact of weight gain with me being a professional, a nutritionist? This one was tough and it's only recently that I fully reconciled myself around that. By that, I mean... 99% of folks out there who want to be healthier, that want to know how to eat, that seek services of people that do what I do, will judge their practitioner for the weight. Because these 99% of the folks are in diet culture. They're partaking into this whole weight stigma, fat phobic, tin equals health equals happiness. Therefore, yes, when they saw my body, they didn't want to work with me. They unfollowed me on social media. They removed themselves from my community because the two didn't match. Then I had to ask myself, do I really want to work with those people anyway? Like I'm doing this work today because I want to help women. Like this is a second career for me. This is a purpose-driven career. This is not about making money, though it's nice, but it's not about that. It's about helping women. And I was never going to be able to help those women anyway, because they were still trapped in thy culture and unwilling to learn. So they saw my body, judge me, and then walk away. And then I had to say, what the hell? It's okay. I can't work with them anyway. They're not ready. And as I said earlier, I see you coming back. I see you leave and I see you coming back when you're ready. You're, I'm planting the seed, right? I plant the seed and then you walk away from me because I'm fat. And then you come back a year later and you say, I remember somebody talking to me about the fact that health doesn't equal weight, and I'm gaining weight right now. Now I'm open for it. 
So I had to reconcile that and say that the people, the women that I wanted to work with would not judge me for my body. Now, this is applicable, ladies, to everywhere in your life. No matter which career, no matter which relationship you have, if the person in front of you is fatphobic or weight-centric and they are judging you for your body, do you want them in your life? Like, do you want, as you're going through this journey of accepting your body, want the people who shame you for your body to be partaking in your life? That's a question you need to ask yourself. So there you have it, ladies. These are some of the learning, some of the way that I quote, air quote, cope, because really I didn't cope. I accepted. The longer I was trying to cope, the more I held back from accepting. It's not about coping because coping assumes that there's something wrong and you're trying to manage it. So I didn't cope with my weight gain. I did for a while. It didn't work. I had to go through the process of accepting. And to accept, I had to evolve. I had to grow. I had to become the next version of myself. To accept, I had to change my perspective on weight gain. I had to experience it so that I can learn from it. That's why today, my perspective on weight gain is it's the teacher. Given that I do this work as a purpose-driven work, I had to gain weight in this new changed perspective mindset to fully experience weight gain to be able to teach it. I know that this will sound irrational to some, and I totally feel you, but I know some of you will get me. So to me, my weight gain is my teacher. It's just another phase of my life, right? And will I lose weight in the future? Perhaps, perhaps not. I don't know. But I'm not going to be the one trying to control that. If my body feels safe and it wants to release weight, then that's okay. But I'm not going to attempt to control it in any way, shape, or form. And that is freaking liberating. Now, to use another word, because there's likely a little one listening, it's liberating. So my weight gain is my teacher. I have an exercise for you. For those of you who maybe perhaps are listening to this once the body acceptance challenge is done, I'm going to give you one of the daily exercise. And this exercise is a self-reflection, a journaling exercise. What does it mean for you to gain weight? Identify what you are afraid of on paper read it, look at it, and then shine a light on it. Go about figuring out if it's truly something that you should be afraid of, right? So many will write, well, if I gain weight, I'm going to be unhealthy. Is it true? Do the research. Ask the question. Come over to my community and ask the question. I'll answer it for you. 
and then go through all of your fear, shine a light on it, reflect on it, research it. So then you can choose to carry on this belief or not. And that's how you liberate yourself from your weight on the scale. I totally realize that this episode is only a part of all the issue around weight gain. So I would love to offer to you to do a part two. Two weeks from now, I have a scheduled Q&A show on the podcast. So in the show note, you have a link to submit question for the podcast. It's a little app that you can just click on it, talk into this this microphone thing. We're not going to air your voice on the podcast, but we're going to write down all the question you're asking or send us an email, DM me, send me your question, and I'll do part two, if need be, of this weight gain show. The next thing I would like to ask from you is to share this episode. Share this episode with women in your life that are needing to hear this message that they are people with whom you're dieted in the past, that they are people that you're seeing suffering, share it, share it on social media. This message needs to get out to more women, to men as well, but we're safe between the ladies here. So share this episode. I love you girls, and I'm looking forward to hang out with you again in the next episode. 